1: Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. The following podcast is a Dear Media production.
0: Hi there. I'm Lauren McEdwin with teammate Alia Kamalova. Welcome to The Females, a podcast from Career Contessa that delivers helpful, actionable career tips and advice for women, so you can be more fulfilled, healthy, and successful at work. Today, we're discussing how to manage up and achieve success in the workplace with any type of boss. And to help us, we're joined by Jackie Ross, a career coach and the author of Manage Up, The Ultimate Guide to Managing Your Manager. And stick around for Dear Career Contessa,
2: our listener advice segment where we answer your career questions, starting with where do I start when I want to transition out of my field?
0: Plus, we also share some helpful resources you won't want to miss. And now this is the females. I recently read a study that said 58% of managers said they didn't receive any management training. This means that the majority of our managers have no idea how to do their job of managing which that sounds great, right? (laughs) And the reality is that they were probably really great employees and their hard work got them noticed and therefore promoted. But that doesn't actually mean that they are great leaders or know how to manage a team. A 2016 Grovo
2: study revealed that 87% of middle managers wish they had received more management training when they first became a manager. So not only are new managers not offered training, they desperately want it. In fact, 65% of people said they would choose a better boss over a pay raise. So having a great manager is really important, both from the standpoint of the manager who wants to be trained on it and from the employee that is working with the manager.
0: Right. And I think the interesting thing that we're going to get to is that today's episode is about managing up, which means this is all about how you approach your relationship with your boss and manager. Because I often think that, and obviously the the status shows that a lot of us are, you know, wish we had better bosses. And also we have probably very high expectations for people who have never gotten Mm -hmm. any training on this, but we also as employees can play a pretty big role in what that relationship is like. And I think that's kind of one of those areas where people are like, oh, I thought I could just focus on changing them instead of changing me. But the reality is that when you change, you know, how you behave in your relationship, it will naturally, because you're changing how you react to them, they will naturally have to change how they react back to you. There's like a marriage happening here, you know, like the two things go back and forth and they uh, rely on each other. Definitely.
2: I think listening skills and like communication skills, as we'll hear about later on in the episode, are crucial again for the employee and the manager.
0: Yeah. And also, I mean, you guys, this is going to be one of those episodes where you're going to want to come back and listen to it over and over again, Mm -hmm. because there's going to be a lot of really good specific actionable tips that you can take away from it. But also managing up, I think is one of those terms that a lot of people have heard, but maybe they've never actually thought about it or spent a lot of time diving deeper into it because it is sort of one of those I would say like a fairly recent term in the workplace, but it it represents a very, very important
2: thing. Mm-hmm. That's why on today's episode, we're discussing one, what is managing up and two, four tips to manage up and achieve success in the workplace with any type of boss. So let's get into it. Hi, Jackie. Welcome to the females. Let's start by having you share what exactly is managing up.
1: Sure. So managing up is really about influencing the perception your boss has of you. And when you manage up, you can actively really change, improve, and strengthen the rapport and relationship that you have with your boss. And I know that you mentioned earlier, Lauren, that 58% of managers have not received solid leadership training. Well, other studies have shown, one by HR Bamboo, that over 1,000 workers, 31% of them, quit within six months of getting hired. Wow. And the top three reasons they quit, one was solid. The second reason was their job responsibilities and expectations were not clear. And lastly, they had a less than stellar boss. And there's a lot of debate. Some people say that people leave organizations because of their bosses. They actually leave their managers, not their organizations. But not everybody who leaves organizations leave because they have a crappy boss. People have stellar bosses who promote their professional growth and development. And they have another opportunity. And they're called happy quitters. But regardless if you have a good relationship or not with your manager if you have a strong manager or not a strong manager, managing up is really a critical skill because it can make your work experience more enriching and empowering.
0: Why is managing up important in organizations? Is it because that's actually how you can get ahead? And if you don't do that well, then getting ahead is going to be like swimming upstream. You're just making it harder for yourself.
1: That's a great question. Well, if you think about one of the top priorities in organizations today is really fostering an engaged workforce. So someone who's actively managing up is really implementing skill sets that create a win-win for the individual and for the organization. So someone who's managing up is paying attention and learning about what makes their manager tick and how to best work with them. So this is someone who's really getting a better understanding of learning about people and figuring out how to work with them. That's someone you want on your team. They can work with a diverse workforce. Well, I was just
0: going to say that seems like even more important right now during coronavirus, where maybe you'll are, I guess, maybe in a workplace where they're trying to decide who to get rid of and who to keep. So now all of a sudden, who's you know, pleasant to work with, but also who is adding value, right? Like those names probably become even more obvious during times like this.
1: Absolutely. And someone who's managing up is the person who's taking more off their boss's plate than putting stuff on it. So this is someone who's taking initiative. They're taking more risks. They're a a better contributor to the team and the organization. And I think the other reason that managing up is important to organization is that this is someone who is taking proactive steps and owning a shared responsibility for their own professional growth and learning. So this is someone who knows their go-to people. They build their networks and they're strengthening their professional community. So it's a win-win for everyone.
0: Do you think some people are just naturally better at this? Or is this like a skill where you can like anybody can learn how to do this and do this well? Or is it some people are just inherently kind of gifted at knowing and like the self-awareness around managing up?
1: That's a great question. You know, I would say that it's probably a little bit of both. So you're going to have people who are more innate. They're more in tune to really kind of thinking about checking out the landscape and learning about their managers more so and figuring out how to navigate it and be more strategic. And you're going to have others who are going to actually need some tactical steps to figure out how to do that better. Mm-hmm. Well, that's good that
0: there's like actual steps to take, because I do think, and Aaliyah and I both have seen this mm-hmm. come through multiple times on career contested channels, people will ask like, how do I manage up? So they want tactical steps. And so I think sometimes the the scary part of this advice is that, oh, some people have it and some people don't, you know? Mm-hmm. It's nice to know
2: that obviously a lot of this happens while at work But there's a lot of soft skills that you can practice on your own to sort of build up that muscle, like listening skills or problem solving, critical thinking, that kind of things that will really come into play when you're actually at work.
0: Right. Up next, Jackie, I know you're going to give us your best tips for managing up, but we can also talk about how to manage up now that a lot of us are working virtually also, because I'm sure that totally changes Mm -hmm. the game when you don't have, you know, body language and other interpersonal skills coming up. So stay tuned, guys. That's coming up next. Let's take a quick break to talk about acuity. Taking your business virtual can create a tremendous amount of work and stress, but with Acuity scheduling by your side, it can be a much easier transition. I know because we've been using Acuity at Career Contessa for over a year and our transition was as easy as one, two, three. Acuity is a scheduling assistant that works 24 seven behind the scenes to help manage your calendar, your documents, invoicing, and so much more. And even though we're all much more dependent on video meetings, you can trust that Acuity has you covered there too. Acuity links with popular video conferencing tools like Zoom, GoToMeeting, Google Hangouts, and Join Me and can automatically include a video meeting link onto your calendar invites. With Acuity, clients can book easily and then Acuity will actually send them booking confirmations with your branding and any personalized message that you want to write. And you can avoid scheduling back and forth because Acuity will also deliver text reminders and let clients reschedule on their own. Another thing that can take a lot of time is processing payments. And sometimes I feel like that's that thing that you kind of hold off to do and then you have a ton of them to do at one time. But you guessed it, Acuity does that for me too. As Career Contessa has grown, we've been able to keep up because we set ourselves up with tools like Acuity that make it possible to streamline processes without adding more people or more tools to the process altogether. If you're trying to transition your company into virtual or need to streamline your virtual business, Acuity Scheduling deals with the day-to-day drudgery so you can focus on what's important. For a limited time only, you can get 45 days of Acuity Scheduling absolutely free, no credit card required by going to acuityscheduling.com com backslash females. So that's acuity, A C U I T Y scheduling.com backslash females, F E M A I L S. All right, now let's get back to the show.
2: Jackie, your first tip to managing up is to view your boss as your biggest stakeholder. Can you elaborate on that? Definitely. So if you
1: think about it, your biggest stakeholder, your biggest customer, your biggest client is your boss. So if you hold that mindset, you would treat your bosses as your best clients. And what do we do with our best clients? Well, you build an excellent rapport. It's the first thing that you do. And it's what you focus on continuously. It's building and strengthening that relationship. And the best way to build rapport is to get to know people. What makes them tick and what are they about? So what are some of the specific things to look for? Well, one, what are their strengths? What are the things that your boss does extremely well? What do you admire about their character, their achievements, some of their outputs, And even if you don't like your boss or you have a really crappy one, if you dig deep, I'm truly confident that you can find some skills or talents that they possess. Because here's the thing. There's always something that you can learn from your boss, even if it is to do the exact opposite of what they're doing, (laughs) right? Mm -hmm. So that's part one. The second one is learn what's not their shtick. Right? Mm-hmm. What are their areas of growth? We all have things that are not in our wheelhouse, and your boss is talented in certain areas and not in others. And you ask, what's the value in knowing this? Well, you want to identify your go to people. So if there's something you need, if there's an area, a skill set, and your boss is less than talented in that area, find someone else who's exceptional. When I was starting out in my career, I was actually running a residential treatment program for at-risk youth, and we had some pretty tough teenagers. And things were getting wild and ramped up, and all the things that we were doing weren't working any long. And I figured, I gotta figure something different out. I didn't know just what to do, and I thought about my boss, who was fantastic at understanding the political landscape. She understood how to manage our stakeholders, she was not a milieu manager. She didn't have what I needed. But I knew I someone else who I could tap into. So I called her up and I told her what my dilemma was. I told her what my strategy was, was to kind of rope in this other person within our organization. And I got her on board, which was important because I didn't want her to feel like I was kind of stepping on her toes. So I got her buy-in. And I worked with this other guy who gave me what I needed. Your boss is not going to be able to give you everything that you need. So you got to figure out who are your go-to people. And then another way to think about getting to know your boss is like, what is their personality and their work style? And we know everyone has a personality. Some we like a lot better than others. Some are easier for us to connect with. And some, you could tell there are strifes that come up. So, you know, is your boss more introverted? Do they need time to process information before making decisions? Or are they kind of like a shoot from the hip communicator? Are they more circular? You know, do they take you back to Geneva 1962 <laughs> when they're kind of telling you a story? Or do they hit for the jugular and go straight in? What's their preferred method of getting information to you. Like I had a boss one time who used the word we, like we should do X or we should really try out Y. And I learned really quickly that we was not we, (laughs) we was me. Right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. The royal we. Yes. The royal we. (laughs) And then what's their preferred method of giving you information? You know, what is their greatest current pressure right now? What are the things that keep them up at night? And what is maybe one thing that you can do to help resolve that issue?
0: That's been advice I've heard a few times with, especially during coronavirus thing is go to your boss today and say, what is the most important thing to keep this organization alive and kicking and and moving forward? Like just just ask the straight out question because so many people know, don't even ask these questions that you're, you're pointing out. How do you like to communicate? How do you prefer to communicate with me? Again, like just sometimes asking the questions is like mind blown for, for a lot of bosses.
1: And that's brilliant because you could be the best kind of investigator in trying to, you know, obtain this information on your own, but sometimes the best approach is asking it. I love that. And I encourage clients to do that. You know, how do your bosses handle pressure, especially today, what's happening? What's their temperament? Are they more mild or even, or do they get rattled and revved up more easily? And then the other piece is, what are their blind spots? You know, what are the things that they don't know about what they do or don't do? And I love That's your example of asking the question, because I have to admit, this takes a lot of work. You got to be like a super investigator. You got to be a counselor. You got to do a lot of observation and, and assessment. But it's also OK to ask the questions because knowing these details really allows you the best ways to find out how to work with your boss.
0: Yeah. Well, and I don't mean to scare everybody, but that was just your first tip. <laughs> so yeah. when you say this, this takes a lot of work. I want to take a quick break to tell you about hydrant. Hydrant is a wellness and water win-win. Proper hydration can bring mental clarity, mental and physical performance improvements, and positively influence long-term health. Yet about 75% of Americans spend their days dehydrated. Dehydration means that we are suffering from frequent headaches, energy slumps, and poor focus. Guess what? It doesn't have to be this way. Introducing hydrant. Launched in 2018, their team identified a need to develop a product that rapidly and effectively hydrates consumers. Hydrant are flavored electrolyte packets. P.S. They're delicious and refreshing. I can tell you from firsthand experience that you mix directly into your water to efficiently and effectively hydrate your body. Each rapid hydration mix has the four essential electrolytes your body needs, which are sodium, potassium, magnesium, and zinc. This precise blend of electrolytes found in their mix helps your body hydrate quickly and then stay hydrated all day. As a person who regularly suffers from headaches, I've noticed a direct correlation to my hydration, aka more hydration, less headaches, a happier Lorne. And Hydrant is backed by research. The formula was developed by an Oxford scientist to provide perfectly balanced, efficient hydration. There are no synthetic colors, stevia, or artificial sweeteners. The formula is vegan and you can choose between three different flavors or even a variety pack. And here's some really good news. Hydrant starts at just a buck a packet for a 30-day supply. Bonus, you can save even more with a monthly subscription. And for 25% off your first order, all you have to do is go to drinkhydrant.com backslash females, and then enter the promo code females at checkout. So that's drinkhydrant dot com backslash females, and then enter the promo code females, F-E-M-A-I-L-S for 25% off your first order. All right, now let's get back to the show. It's like, this is something that you are going to be consistently working on. Um, that's a general theme throughout this show is we're giving people tips. And it's, I feel like our job to just I guess, keep people motivated to keep going with it? Because your second tip is to become the designer and crafter of your own career. I love that. Uh, But explain that a little bit more and, and what you mean by that. Sure.
1: So in my book, I call it my Jackify approach. So, and what I mean by Jackify is that early on in my career, I realized, and whether it was conscious or not, I always had really strong work ethics. But When I was working full-time, you know, and it was 40-plus hours, I was like, I'm spending a heck of a lot of time here. A lot of my time is invested in my work life. And if I'm going to spend a lot of time, I want to at least make sure that I'm going to do something I like and enjoy. And not everything in our roles are things that we absolutely love doing or tap into our strengths. But I would find these ways to include and inject things in my work that made it more personal, more fulfilling, and more satisfying. And I found these creative ways to inject what I would call kind of my zany part of myself. And I did it regularly. And I didn't do it just for the purposes of self, you know, satisfaction. I always tried to find things that had a value to the team, to the larger, larger organization and I shared this with folks because um, people who participated in this example, we still talk about it today. But years ago, the movie Dream Girls came out, if you remember, with Jennifer Hudson. And I had this fantasy of becoming a dream girl. <laughs> and I know that sounds crazy, but it was like in my head. And part of my job at the time was I used to coordinate all the employee events So I would organize these day-long events for like 250 people from soup to nuts. And we always tried to figure out a launch. You know, how are we going to launch the day's event? And this is when American Idol was hot and big. And we decided to do taping of employees doing their own, like, either fun or serious, like, you know, our organization at the time, Idol. But the way that we kicked off the video was we did our own dream girl video. So I got to live out my fantasy. And we did it on our own time and we had fun with it and we had afros and we were wearing these wild, like, you know, those platform boots and all these crazy stuff. And still to this day, you know, the people who were involved in it laughed at it. But what I learned was there's actually these two professors and I apologize if I don't pronounce her name correctly, but her name is Amy... Brzezinski and Jane Dutton, and they actually coined this concept in 2001, and they called it job crafting. I didn't realize there was actually a word for it or a concept, and they talk about the same elements that I just shared, and it's really about taking proactive initiative to really define and craft your job, and they talk about it in three ways. You can either add or change your tasks that you do, like creating a dream girl video or change the relationships that you have with people. So managing up it's really about influencing the relationships you have with your your boss or your colleagues or it's changing your mindset thinking about the things that you're doing that might feel mundane or boring or you know and what's the value it has for your clients, your team and the organization. So I encourage people to take charge and sit in the driver's seat of your career. That is
0: music to our ears. That's exactly what we think too. <laughs> that's awesome that there is actually a term for it because people who are interested in this can do more research on job crafting mm-hmm. if they want.
2: Yeah. I like that it's intertwining what you enjoy in your personality with actually something that benefits your organization. So I feel like that's key. It's like working and yes. having fun along the way. Um, I think it's will be huge, especially when you're trying to go through the whole process of managing up, which can seem kind of overwhelming. It's like, oh, no, it's just this is something from your personality, your point of view, and how to make it fun. Um, Okay. So, Jackie, your third tip is to utilize and engage your networking communities.
1: Yes. So, if we view our boss as our greatest customer, and we want to harness and utilize their expertise – We also want to not forget to build and engage in a network beyond our boss. So a lot of times when I talk about networking, a lot of people just dread the notion. Some people who identify as introverts, like they shiver at the thought of networking. Other people I've encountered honestly don't know how to do it. And many believe that in order to be a good networker, you have to be super outgoing, and really fabulously interesting. And that's not really true. First of all, introverts make exceptional networkers. And that's because usually they're far better listeners, right? Mm -hmm. And networking is not about being interesting. It's about being interested. And so introverts who use their active listening skills and their relational building skills will do really well. So you want to... Engage and assemble your networking communities, not only inside but outside your organization. And today with COVID, um, certainly using social media far more, but when we return back to what will be our kind of new way and new space, certainly in-person networking is important. And here's why. First of all, networking allows you to make connections and i heard that it takes six conversations with someone before they know who you are who you are and have some idea of your character and competence so it's not that initial connection it's that continued connection kind of nurturing and building that relationship The second reason why networking is important is that it increases and expands your opportunities. I know we've heard over and over that most people, over 70% of those who are looking for jobs, get it through their networking connections. That's just the way it is. Clients that I work with, coaching clients, land their next jobs largely through their networking connections. It also allows you to share knowledge, you know, your expertise, create your personal brand and your professional persona and networking allows you to be at the table. It increases your visibility and your presence. Those
0: are such amazing tips. And also, I feel like telling people it takes six times. It's like, okay that is a very tangible, actionable thing that people can do where it's like, I made my first connection. Now I need to connect with them and maintain and build. And I just, I love the specific of that six times. So, all right. So your fourth and final tip is to toot your own horn without sounding obnoxious or arrogant. So explain that to us.
1: So probably one of the most universal workplace annoyances is that person with that personality trait who's continually (laughs) self-promoting and boasting, right? But how do you toot your own horn without sounding obnoxious? And here's something interesting. So people tend to spend about 40% of their time talking about themselves. People like to talk about themselves. And that motivates them to share more personal information and even more regularly. But how do we do it with confidence and without sounding kind of overly boastful? So... Think about your boss and who they report to. Well, they have to know what your team and you are up to. So getting your accomplishments and the accomplishments of your team out there really benefits your boss. So, for example, if your team had a big hit, send out an email congratulating them, you know, for a job that was well done. I also encourage people to keep a list and keep track of their completed projects and activities and those of their team. Again, those are things that you can share with your manager uh, because data is your friend and ally. You could do it in a monthly email when you send your boss capturing all your completions for the month. Again, that allows them to report up as well. It also lets you be better prepared for your annual review. And it's information you can sync into your resume and update into your LinkedIn profile. And I have a lot of coaching clients that say things like, you know, my work speaks for itself. Well, it's kind of like an artist's final step after they complete their work. That kind of key ingredient is that they sign it. It signifies completion and satisfaction with their work. So documenting your work completion is kind of like that final step in the process. I love it. These are amazing tips.
0: So actionable. Everybody is going to have to listen to this multiple times because these are just so, so great. So I just want to recap really quickly, you guys. So Jackie's tips for managing up are number one, view your boss as your biggest stakeholder. Number two, become the designer and crafter of your own career. Number three, utilize and engage your networking communities. And number four, toot your own horn without sounding obnoxious or arrogant. Next up, we hear from you and solve your problems. Welcome to Dear Career Contessa, the part of the show where we answer your questions. Remember, if you have a career question, you can submit it to us via DM on at career on Instagram, email us info at careercontessa.com or leave us a voicemail at 844 females. All of that information is also included in the show notes. Today's question came to us via DM on Instagram. They said, dear career Contessa, I haven't been content with my current role for a long time. I work in the tech sector and I've been in a similar role for about 10 years. I would like to transition out of my field, but I don't know where to start. I hear sometimes quote unquote, follow your passion, which I can't relate to at this moment in time. I'm also going through a major life event of being a new parent later this year. So I feel it's really important to figure out what I want to do right now. Where do I even start? This is such a good question. And I feel like even if you weren't going to be a new parent, so many people are feeling the urgency to have this answer figured out. You know what I mean? Like this (laughs) this pandemic is, I feel like bringing more urgency to figuring out what to do with your career because you can't do anything else. It's like, there aren't any other distractions in life that are keeping you from thinking about that.
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think also given the current state of the world, it's, it feels like at the same time, when you have so much thought on your career, it seems like you're limited in some sort of way, as if something's been put on pause which I mean, we've talked about in previous episodes because I think we had a lot of people write in about that sort of like job search or pivoting process during uh, the pandemic. And what we learned is that there's still a lot of people that are active. Like A lot of companies are still recruiting people because there's a great talent pool right now.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think also, I agree with her. The, The follow your passion, I think is helpful if you have a really clear idea Mm -hmm. about what your interests are or you have really specific skills. I I don't think that's very helpful advice when you are basically at the point where she's saying, I've been doing what I've been doing for a long time and I could continue it, but I don't Mm -hmm. really want to. And I know I want to do something different, but I have no idea what that is. I think the, the first place you have to start is by kind of essentially researching. I mean, I talk a lot about this in my book, Power Moves. So I'll just shameless plug for that. I would recommend trying that or ordering that and then trying some of the stuff in the book. But I always encourage people, instead of thinking about what it is that you want to do job title-wise, but instead think about what where you want to work, right? Because I find at least it's easier to focus on finding what I call your target companies than it is trying to pinpoint what is that exact mm-hmm. job title that you want to go after. And I think that might help you because you're about to go into a new stage in your life where you're going to be a new parent. So where you work and who you work for, and maybe, you know, the the products or the services, all of that might change based off of your interests and your life stage changing too. So I would actually encourage you to research Amazing companies that you would want to work for. And a place to start is like, what websites do you visit every day? What software or services or products do you use all the time? Like you could just start mm-hmm. with like what really interests you in a, on the most basic level.
2: Yeah. I think also like, what do you like to do? It doesn't have to be like your passion, like that, like this is your dream to make something full time. It's just like, what do you like to do in your day to day? I mean, that kind of goes along with like what products or services do you use that you enjoy, because that's going to narrow down those types of companies. And also, especially it seems like she doesn't even know what field or like industry she potentially wants to be in. So that's like a great macro way of looking at what interests you. And then from there, kind of as you mentioned, Lauren, like your priorities will, I assume shift a lot as you adjust to being a new parent. So from then, you can kind of narrow down the target companies even more depending yeah. on what people offer.
0: Yeah. And I think when in doubt, I would say go for a career or a skill set like a job that's going to be in high demand or like mm-hmm. is going to teach you a skill set that you that's very transferable project management, sales, you know, business development, whatever. Like I'm just naming things off the top of mm-hmm. my head, but there are certain I think skill sets that you learn in a job where they're very transferable to a wide variety also. So, figure out the target companies, then maybe try to pick a job title or, or at least an area, department that can be a little bit more transferable. I know you've been working in tech, so the good news is that like you probably already have a yeah, lot of that. So, definitely. But definitely good luck with that. We also, you know, in terms of resources, we have this great downloadable resource that we'll include in the show notes. It's called figure out your next career move and it asks you a bunch of questions to help you kind of determine what it is that you want in your next job. And then you could fill that worksheet out and then try to find companies that somewhat align, you know, it won't be a perfect situation, but at least it will give you somewhere to start. And then of course, power moves. So. All right. Well, thank you for listening to this episode of the females. If you like what you heard, please subscribe and leave us a review. We really, really love the reviews. I know we say this all the time, but we really do read them all and we slack about them and it just makes our day. And remember that my new book, power moves, how women can pivot, reboot and build a career of purpose is on sale. Now you can go to www.com powermovesbook.com to learn more about the book. And we even have um, a book discussion guide. So you can download that for free and start a book club with your other career minded friends. And if you're
2: a new manager and need some expert management training, check out our online course, the new manager manual. In this course, we walk you through how to create and implement your 90 day new manager plan. We'll link to the new manager manual in the show notes as well.
0: And a big, big thank you to Jackie Ross for sharing her time and her wisdom around managing up with us. You guys heard tips. Ali and I were talking off air are like tips that we've never even heard people give before. So really incredible stuff. Hopefully you'll bookmark this episode like we mentioned, because I think it will be really valuable and you can learn more about Jackie and her book, which we highly recommend getting. It's called manage up the ultimate guide to managing your manager. That will also all be linked in the show notes.